So we will be talking about uh, the there's been some big moves in Star Trek uh, as of as of late because it was first contact day recently and uh, because of our our production schedule I don't think we should talk too much about the Picard news because our Picard special will be out before this episode is out and so we can talk about season three. Oh, that'll be a good time to talk about that. Yeah, but I did want to talk about. On the opposite, I think we were all very excited about, or you and I are very excited about this, and, and Caitlin Nicole, feel free to like chime in too. Uh, we'll, we'll introduce you at, at a later point. But um, <laughs> we, on the flip side, on the bad news side of the spectrum, there's another announcement that just got announced, which is that Star Trek is going to be making NFTs. I don't know if you... Oh, if you okay. <laughs> oh no! Uh, Paramount gotta make that money. Right, it's like, it's... I feel like the reaction to it has been like pretty universally like don't do this because it, it's <laughs> like NFTs are dumb, but like Star Trek is got to be like one of the worst properties to do. I yeah, I, I totally agree. Given given that like NFTs are basically all about like get rich quick schemes and yeah. defrauding each other and, and destroy the like, environment in the process. Yeah, and Star Trek is like, hey, what if in the future there the was no money that aliens put all of our problems in perspective and we solved poverty? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh well yeah, yeah NFTs seem like something the Frangie would do. Like Oh, oh absolutely. Hundred thousand <laughs> percent. Lower Dex has gotta do a Ferengi NFTs episode. Yeah. That could yeah. be so good. <laughs> I would love to see a, yeah. a quark Starting NFTs and it spins out of control. Non, love that. Yeah. Non-fungible latinum. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's it's just like it's so and, and, and like what they're doing too. I guess I looked at it like not that I would have ever bought it anyway, even if it was cool. But it's you know it's just like your typical NFT like nonsense bad stuff where it's just like they're they're algorithm they're algorithmically generating starships. Which is like that's dumb. No one wants that. Like have like you would want like you, if you had one, you'd want one of like a cool starship from like one of the shows or the movies. And yeah, it's just like yeah, it's it's it's, it's highly illogical. You know, like as as Spock would say, like I don't know. It just uh, uh, not good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hi everybody, and welcome to our contracts. The show where two people, or sometimes more than that, who have seen part of Star Trek, try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. I'm Brady Jungle. And we have two guests with us. We have our uh, That's Not How Science Works annual June uh, June folks with us. Uh, can you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Caitlin Vanoss. And I'm, uh, I'm Nicole. And yeah, so we this is our third year of doing this, and uh, we have the That's Not How Science Works ladies back to talk about Another episode. Um, this time we are talking about Cat's Paw, which is uh, the original series, uh, season two, episode seven, I believe. I accidentally dropped, closed the window where I had that up, so I will double check that. But that sounds believe, right. Yeah, se- season two, episode seven of the original series. And I got to say, like before we get into the um, the episode description, it, it's funny that we ended up doing this one with the two of you because usually when we do this with you. Uh, we, we just we record it in April, and I give you two or three episodes that we're recording in April, and I'll let you pick. Uh, so this is the third time we've done this, and so the, the first year we did a Discovery episode, and then last year we did uh, an Enterprise episode, and then this year we did this original series episode. And I remember the first year that we did this show, 
you, uh, we, I gave you, I let you choose between uh, the Discovery episode which you chose and um, what was that episode called? The our only animated series episode that we. Oh, had. the the magic. <laughs> the magic. The magic's a too. And and I remember. Like you know, the two of you like to to like have like science connections in your in your shows because that's what you do on your show, and then you guys have had some really like nice things to contribute to our show when you've come on about the science of the stuff. And I remember like Brady and I watched that one, and afterwards I was like, oh yeah, it's a good thing that they didn't do the animated series episode because the premise of that episode is, what if magic was science? And then <laughs> yes. and and it also the devil was totally real. Yeah, like the actual devil. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and then we watched this episode last night, and I was like, "Oh, the premise of this episode is what if magic was science?" Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I what I really love too is how uh, the the one guy has the very obviously magic science wand. Yeah. And then in the end, when Kirk's like, "This is your transmitter thing, isn't it?" and the lady's shocked that he's figured it out, and it's like. <laughs> He's been, like, pointing it at things the whole time. That wand looks like the wand that um, Pierce has in Community when they trick him into joining that cult. Uh, The the Chris wand. Yes. (laughs) I will say, watching this made me realize why I never really got into the original series. (laughs) It felt very Uh, vintage. (laughs) Oh, man. Caitlin, opposite for me, watching this... (laughs) Made me remember why I love the original oh, series. This is totally. you watching it in high school. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I, I, so br- sometimes Brady, we haven't had this for a while, but sometimes Brady and I will be like, I don't know if that was a good episode, but I liked it. And that's definitely what I thought about this one is that, like, it's not a it, good episode, but like, it's I do like so it. It's so bonkers. I'm relieved because I was trying not to read anything ahead of time. I didn't want to, like, spoil myself. But I think I saw something and I was like, is this supposed to be a well regarded episode? Like, I'm afraid to look because I didn't think it was good. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's like top tier. Okay, um, good. But I don't think people no. like hate it either. It's not like Spock's brain or something like that, but it's all it's also not like oh, trouble with trouble. Here's the or, thing. Spock's yeah. brain is one of the funniest episodes <laughs> of Star Trek in existence. I know, but people hate it. Well, I think mostly like older people hate it because it was like they campaigned to get the show back and then, the and then that was what they was gave like, them. Yeah, it was like this. <laughs> I, yeah. That's, that's that's fair. I just remember like the the line where where Kirk and McCoy are talking about how McCoy has roped Spock up to be a robo Spock, mm-hmm. and Kirk's just going, "Then we'll have to take us, or then we'll have to take him with us." Where, Jim, to search for Spock's brain? <laughs> like somebody in a writer's room wrote that line, and and a bunch of other people are like. Yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, that's, right. that's a good line. Well, there was there was lines in that one though, unlike this where uh, James Doohan has one line in this, and uh, George he? Takei has George Takei has no lines in this. <laughs> that <laughs> was, that was very very strange. I was just I kept on waiting for them to like come out of it so they could say something. Their trance at the end, and at the very end, I think Scotty says everything's disappeared or something like that, and then hmm. uh, yes. no lines yes. from Sulu yep. in this episode at all. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so this episode, the memory alpha synopsis of this episode is, uh, the Enterprise crew finds witches, black cats, and haunted castles on a distant planet. 
I just until right now forgot there were also witches. The yeah, the, like, <laughs> the, the, the I totally forgot the witches scene. Big Macbeth vibes, uh, which since yeah. Star Trek really loves Shakespeare, kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, oh, what a bonkers episode. <laughs> uh, so this episode was written by Robert Block, which was uh, apparently also based on a short story that he wrote in like a science magazine, a science fiction magazine, like ten years previous, uh, and then directed by Joseph. Pevney. So I'm not sure if either of those those names aren't familiar to me. We don't do. No. We have not done a lot of original series. We really haven't. It's always a it's treat been a when long we get one. time. It's probably been like twenty to thirty episodes since we've done one, actually. So um, I'm I was that was I was very think, excited for that. Have we done one since the the last one I can remember is the the sexist um, one? Yeah. The 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 uh, Elan of Troyes. Have yeah, we done one since then? I, I don't think, I don't think so. That episode was terrible. That, that, that one was bad. That was a bad episode. Like that. If you want like a bad original series episode, Caitlin, you can watch that one, which is just about how women are bad. Like it's yeah. basically the. I mean, this one was also kind of about how like you turn into a woman, all of a sudden you got those emotions. Yep. Dang. <laughs> well, it was weird. And you can't even be a woman, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that it was weird women because crazy. <laughs> It was kind of about how he wanted her to have emotions. Like, he was like, when you turn into a woman, you're supposed to have emotions. Yeah, you're supposed you to be... I don't, I don't like it. You know? Yeah, you're <laughs> supposed also... to be soft and squishy. And... Yes, yeah. and he also seemed turned off by the fact that she turned into a woman and was horny. But he was okay for him to be But horny, he, like, played though. into He's, it. Yes. Yeah. It's... <laughs> well, Kirk that... is always horny. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of my favorite parts where she where she's like, "Why well, can't actually be any woman?" And she turns into like <laughs> and she people. puts on different then, like, wigs. The, yeah, <laughs> but then that that third one where she was wearing like, uh, like a really like a like, like a bright lavender jumpsuit with like yes. a crazy wig, and, and I was like, yes. "No, not that one." <laughs> <laughs> no, that was my fave. Parachute pants. Oh amazing. yeah, but with like the white hair, like the yeah. yeah. I was a little surprised. <laughs> that one wasn't just like is is this what she thinks he wants? Is this what Kirk actually wants? I was a little surprised I didn't have multiple actresses in that sequence, but it was still, it was literally just her with different wigs and costumes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it Like, was. very clearly just her. Yes. Uh, the last episode we had actually was a, a version of the series was actually Space Seed. Um, so, uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. We had a good, a good one. one. Yeah. Um, that, that was a while long. ago, because that was, we did that right after our 50th, right? Yeah, that was number 52, and this is episode 90, maybe? It's close to that. Maybe. Um, oh, we need to yeah. figure out what, when we're doing our... And, and I checked I checked it. We'll not, we're not doing it this time. We're doing it the next, the next time. We'll do it. Okay. But, the so other thing I thought while watching this was, I, and I know this with the original series, that they played all the episodes out of order and whatever, so they had to be very episodic, but I was like, oh, if everything was like this, it wouldn't matter what order you watch them in. Like... Your should your premise of your show oh, wouldn't yeah. be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's very the original series, I mean, and really like TNG is mostly like this. Like most most of the '90s shows are like this <laughs> to a degree, but like it's but but yeah, especially yeah the original series is like super episodic, like nothing that ever happens yeah matters as opposed like to the Discovery yeah. when we dropped ourselves into the finale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. That, I mean, we talked about that in our in our Discovery special. It's I think generally for these shows, the new shows detriment when they're serialized because it it just it you can't you it, they kind of just said it, it's like the same problem with like a lot of like comics where like you kind of end up writing for the trade and then. The individual issues don't really pack as much of a punch, you know. 
Um, you know, it can it can work. Like serialized TV can be good, but like I feel like that's definitely like a trend in especially like streaming stuff now, where it's like it all has to be like one story. And I don't think it's a mis- I I don't think it's like a coincidence that like Lower Decks is the best one of these shows, and it's also the least serialized of the new shows. At least in my opinion, yeah. it's the best one. Um, yeah. No, I love I love Lower Decks. So, it's so yeah. Good. It's, it really is. I'm it's so it's so freaking funny. Yeah, it really is. It's, <laughs> I love it's... all the characters so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, it's yeah. uh, very excited for that. Whenever that comes back uh, later on this year. Right? Yeah, so more lower decks, please. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. why don't we go in, Bray? Why don't you talk about and feel free, ladies, to to chime in anytime that. Oh, did we? I think about. we cut you off during your uh, summary. No, no, that was it. Like, that was it. That was it. There was, a, okay. it was just it was, one sentence in Alpha yeah. okay. today. Yeah, just so they find they find a bunch of haunted stuff in our okay, uh, planet. Yeah, great. yeah. Uh, they uh, find the witches that are like Kirk. Go back. Well, actually, go back, Kirk. I I read all of the production notes on Memory Alpha for this episode because I because okay. I just enjoyed watching the episode. Not really for the story, which is kind of boring. But like, just for like all of the crazy stuff. Like, that was what going was going on? on. Yeah, yeah. And did you know that apparently the they attempted the 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 witches were just supposed to be the heads, and so they wore these black turtlenecks to attempt to conceal them the rest of their bodies, like in the edit. But then, like, you could just see their turtlenecks <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the episode. But I thought it looked fine. I, I don't know. I thought it, it did, I wasn't like bothered by that. It was just like I, it was funny to learn that later. That like, That's oh, really they tried funny. to like they tried to like do a very like rudimentary version of like a blue screen. Yeah, totally kind of failed. Yeah. I I'm now reminded by part of why I was so confused by this episode because the the motivation was never really clear. Of no, <laughs> yeah, it's name. a very, yeah. it is a very just I felt like opaque episode. Like so many things happen and then the are never fully explained, like what was going on or why. Yeah. Right. Like first they warn Enterprise away, but then they're like, "Oh, we need your brains. We need your knowledge because <laughs> yeah. we lack imagination, <laughs> basically." Well, because they well, because it turns out that they're and not also, people; they're like little miniature versions of the Philly fanatics. They're little—that's so. right, little oh, pipe cleaners. They were cute, though. Puppets. I would—I would like one of those puppets. Marianne. I, I love that reveal. Like I lost my mind. It is crazy that that is like the wildest, like an episode that features witches and a giant cat. Like the wildest part of the episode <laughs> is the very end, where you find out that they're these tiny little puppets, puppets the whole time. That just kind of lay there smoking on the ground. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's so yeah. great. So, so I, crazy. I think we can we can actually <laughs> zoom through the plot like pretty quick. So yeah. So so basically, it it starts out with the Enterprise is like sent down an away team to this planet, and they're trying to bring them back. And the only one that they can like transport back is uh, Crewman Jackson who um, they, like, beam into the transporter bay, and he just, in, like, what looked like a very painful stunt to do, just, like, beams in, standing up, and then just falls straight over dead. And, like, he did not, like, that guy did not, like, brace himself or anything. He just completely, like, rigid face planted. Like, props to 
whoever did that. But he wanted to get invited back. I guess so. And and so he's dead. And so oh, and then the, there's like a voice that comes out of his open mouth that like is kind of the first of this like sort of ghostly ooh, danger like warning Kirk to go away and never come back. And then then Kirk and Spock and McCoy all beam down to the planet because Sulu and Scotty are still down there. And so they're trying to find them. And I think that's when the witches show up. Yes. Yeah. Is when they like first get there. Uh, the, the, the guy who played Jackson, the guy who died, his name is uh, Jimmy Jones. He was, he, this was his first Star Trek role, but then he did, Several other episodes of the original series, so he worked. Uh, yeah, he, good for he him. Got, he got invited back. He's a, he's a stuntman and an actor, so he must have he 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 knew how to take the fall. Looks like because he that's like it was his job. Is that's like, that's good. Fall appropriately, yeah. I I don't know if it's relevant. Like the when they scan the planet, there's no signs of life, even when they know their crew members are on it. And then once they're down, uh, Spock is able to detect life in a specific direction, and it's on the way to the life that they see the witches, but the witches are not a life form on the scanner. Yeah, because, like, Spock is kind of doing tricorder readings while these witches are floating in the air and giving warnings to them, and he says, like, they're not real, like, it's just a kind of illusion type thing. But also, once they go down, then the Enterprise, like, Uhura scans for them, and she can't find them anymore either. Like, they've also disappeared which there is an interesting thing that happens in this episode i don't know if if uh desalle shows up ever again but because basically like every cast member except uhura is either and Chekhov and check and Chekhov, yeah is like already down on the planet um because scotty and sulu are the ones that they're going to rescue and then the three main ones go down there this just random guy is left in command of the bridge i have a lot yes. more I, I have a lot more notes about this episode because i read the wiki like before but like that this is actually that guy's third appearance and okay. they, they 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 he's played other roles before or like he's the same character but he's had other jobs and they promoted him i think in this one to like assistant chief engineer or something because they were like well we will probably need someone to run engineering if Scotty ever goes down to a planet. And then this is the last time he was ever on the show because they're like, oh, we don't actually need anyone in, in that episode, like in these episodes <laughs> oh. after that. <laughs> but yeah, but he's just like the, the next most senior person left on the ship then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, it's, he's so funny because he's this weird mixture of like highly competent, but also weirdly mean. Yeah. Uh, cause there's a part too where he's like, check off, check your scanners again. He's just like, I, I, I'm not a greenhorn. I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. <He's... laughs> yeah. He is that... very mean to check off. Yeah. He is. So I think this is, this is the first episode that Walter Koenig shot. Like, I, I don't know. I'm uh, not sure okay. if it's the first one that, that, that's why he's got a crazy wig. The, the, his <laughs> hair is <laughs> wild. <laughs> they wanted him to have long hair and it wasn't. It wasn't long enough, and so they they had him wear that wig until his hair grew up. Um, oh jeez! It is a it's an insane wig, but but uh, this I'm not sure if it's the first episode he's in, but this is the first episode. Okay, they this is like the it. first one. Gotcha. And that I, makes that makes more sense then. I think the thing I think the thing of that character, if I recall correctly, is he is supposed to be like 
really young. I'm not saying that that means that LaSalle should be mean to him, but I think that he's supposed to be kind of like a greenhorn, if I recall correctly. It's been a while since I've watched, uh, you know, very many episodes with, with Chekhov in them, but... Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, a funny a funny note about him is that I always like to think about is that, like, even though he's, like, a white guy, he was part of, like, the spirit of brotherhood that Star Trek was trying to promote because he was a Russian, and, like, that was back when we were doing, doing the Cold War. Yeah. So it was, like kind of a cool thing yeah i remember i remember reading about that it was something too like at the time the man from uncle was really popular and that one had an american agent and a russian agent and so star trek's like ooh, we we gotta we gotta like hop on that energy let's get some russian guy in our show yeah 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 so then they see the witches now and yeah very very yeah and then they kind of keep heading towards the direction that um, where they were able to detect uh, Sulu and and Scotty, and then they suddenly see this like big, sort of medieval castle-looking, like haunted house thing. They also get uh, blown around by a mysterious. Oh, and there's wind. That was, yeah, that was definitely blowing them, and not just the actors. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> running backwards. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, and then. And there's a big castle, and when they... a fun set, this castle, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially the hallways. I like, like, the hall, like, the hallways, like, above-ground hallways, I like, like, they're just, because they're so, like, they're so, like, playset of a castle, like, uh... Right up to the collapsing pre-cut floor. Yes. Yeah, like, it really reminded me of, like, I had these, like, action figures that, like, of, like... I can't remember what they were. They were like some kind of Fisher-Price thing that was like an, an adventure set when I was a kid. And they had like knights ones and a pirate one and a cowboy one. And yeah, it's very very much like a just like like a Looney Tunes hole on the floor that like <laughs> pre-cut. And like, and like also like with a different layer on the ground so you can see like where they like overlaid it onto like the rest of the, of the uh-huh. set. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, they go into the castle and then they see a a black cat that kind of like hisses at them and runs around the corner. And so they start following this cat through the castle. And then that's when they step on this hole in the ground and fall down into a dungeon and it knocks them out. And when they wake up, they're kind of chained in this dungeon with like skeletons and all sorts of like creepy, spooky things. And they find out that Scotty and Sulu have been basically like brainwashed or hypnotized and are sort of, kind of mindlessly, wordlessly holding them, like, threatening them, and then they unlock them, and they bring them to meet the these two aliens. Uh, Korob, who has this, like, great... Like, he's bald with a goatee and has, like, this great, like, gown. He's... He looks he looks super cool. Yeah. Um, whatever that costume was. Theo um, Marcuse. I actually, I, I believe that they said that this this is a, actually a reused costume. Apparently, there was so, someone wore this costume on Gilligan's Island uh, wow. uh, before this. But it is a great costume, though. What episode of Gilligan's Island yeah. did this happen? I'm shocked that Gilligan's Island had this costume in their shipwreck. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a well. You have to understand that Gilligan's Island is special. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I've seen one episode of Gilligan's Island. It's an entirety, and Gilligan just randomly becomes invisible for a while. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch that show on um, TV Land when I would go to my 
grandparents' house. And yeah, I think like even though they're on a deserted island, like, they still meet a lot of people. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure the, the Harlem Globetrotters are in one episode of Gilligan's Island. Okay, okay. But they still end up being right. on the island at the end. So I don't really know how that that works, but. Um. But yeah, so there's him, and then there is S- Sylvia, who I guess is the cat. Like, at first she's just the cat, and then the cat walks out of the room, and Sylvia walks back in, who's this this lady that basically does ma- magic. But they they try to come up with, like, kind of scientific explanations for it, of like, oh, it's like, sort of like telepathy, or we, like, have this magical device that allows us to to do these things but yeah she says that like she was the one that like she's controlling the minds of scotty and sulu and she killed jackson with a voodoo doll i think that's kind of what it she said she said she made a picture of him in her mind and then she believed that the picture of him was dead and so he died yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's one but then yeah. she has like this, this... the icon of the ship that she uses like yeah she has a little yeah. like key ch- like enterprise keychain which do they sell that, that merch because that was sweet merch yeah i i was just thinking the same thing <laughs> when, I, when we were watching it my wife was saying well, i wonder where that is now and apparently dean ronberry donated it to the uh, uh national air and space museum so that's where it is <laughs> really like that tiny little model that's great yeah amazing <laughs> Well, it kind of reminds me of, I think it was for, like, The Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, where they, like, they needed more X-Wing miniatures, and so they just went out and bought, like, toys um, <laughs> to shoot, like, one of the big That's space rad. battles. Perfect. They just got, like, actual, like, model kits and, and built them. And that money went right back into George Lucas' pocket, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a win-win. Licensing deal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so... Essentially, and she, like, sends all of them back to the dungeon, and then it's just her and Kirk. And then Kirk just start like, she she says that apparently where they come from, they are, I think they're, like, incorporeal? Is that what they were trying to say? That was the vibe I got from her, that, like, because she's all about, like, getting sensations, and, like, she hasn't, doesn't get these sensations in wherever they come from. Yeah, it wasn't totally clear to me whether she was incorporeal, which I had also assumed, but then in the end we see their true form, so maybe they just That's true, like, yeah. don't have the same sort of like sensory receptors that humans do. Yeah, that was a little bit confusing. This middle part of the episode, I was watching it, but this this part of the episode pretty boring. Like it's mostly I, I thought like it's mostly just like Kirk and Sylvia and Korob just kind of saying the same three things to each other. Over yeah, and over like she wants new <laughs> sensations. Korob says something about the old ones and that they have like a duty to them. That's never brought up again. <laughs> it is a sort of, I don't know, I almost kind of like how sort of you, you never figure out what the alien's deal really is. Like it feels kind of almost like real in that sense of just like, we like there were these aliens and like what they wanted was so far like foreign and beyond us we never quite figured it out and then they turned into little puppets and that was sort of a uh, weird ex- weird experience that we all had and went go back yeah. to the ship like, it's... Uh, the, exactly the um my favorite part of this section of it was 
so this is this is the first this is the first original series episode I've watched since my wife got me the Blu-rays for Christmas. Uh, I talk about, so to... Which I want to talk about more later because I I, want, I have some questions for the three of you about like your philosophies on like remasters and stuff. Because I, I I kind of learned some things while I was watching the episode that I was like, oh okay, I wonder how I feel about this. But um, my favorite thing was so like regardless of what you want to say about like them retouching the effects, which definitely did happen a lot, like. The, the show is just a lot like more crisp, you know, um, in this format. And so there's there's a scene when Korob is trying to bribe them by making a bunch yes. of gems <laughs> on yeah. their plates. And like saying, oh, we'll give you a bunch of these gems if you go away. Oh my gosh. And then, it's so obviously and, plastic. Right. When, yeah. and, then, and they and even then, have uh, like either Bones or Scott or Spock like picks them up and be like, these are very real. Well, yeah, like, yeah, like Bones picks them up and says, these look real. And we were like, no, they do not. Like, <laughs> and like I can see them in, in crystal clear HD. They do not look real. <laughs> I had the exact same experience. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think uh, the version on Paramount Plus also has to be something. It's remastered. remastered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because yeah. like they had a, a different title sequence that was, uh, it was, I don't know, it was a little bit weird. It's definitely not what I remember the original title sequence being. Oh. I did not notice that because I don't know the original title sequence, but it did say in the description on Paramount Plus that it was remastered, which I was complaining. This is not the remastering's fault, but I always watch with captions when I'm taking notes. And at some point halfway through, my captions got ahead of everything else. And, <laughs> and I tried to like exit and come back and it didn't fix it. And so I was just like, well... <laughs> Paramount Plus is a bad website. But then we looked it up and like captions were not even a thing until the early 70s. So good job, Paramount Plus, for putting captions on this. Or at least doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I will say like one of the big things, though, that I miss about the um, about all of it being on Paramount Plus now is that when you can't watch it on Netflix anymore, you can't have like the absolutely unintelligible content warnings that they would put before. (laughs) Do you know what you, you two know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I don't think I do. So, like, I'm sure this happens in other shows too, but for some reason, it's 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 always so like weirdly out of place when you would see it on Star Trek, where like it would be like you know it would it'll say like if it has a rating, it'll say like rated T TV PG or whatever four whatever, and so like the Star Trek ones, it always has stuff, and, and Brady and I would always watch those and be like, what? Like it, it would be like sex fear. I'm like, what? Are you about? Like, Mild peril. Is there sex in this episode? Like. <laughs> Like, they, they were really, for a while... Yeah, for sometimes a while, like, there's ones that, like... Yeah. yeah. For a while, I was actually keeping track of them, and then I kind of forgot. I never I never got to go back before it was... Before uh, they left Netflix, but... Well, and yeah. the only, yeah, like, a, Star Trek that really is kind of on the racy side are the ones that would never be on Netflix. Like, Discovery. Yeah. It's Discovery, right? right? Yeah. And, Pretty much yeah. just Discovery, yeah. Well, they they say the f word on um, they say the f word on Picard too, like the. Uh, yeah, they do. That's right. So, but, um, they 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 get like they they like every every uh, which I don't care like whatever we do do whatever you want I guess but like <laughs> it, it is like every time they do it on a Star Trek show I'm like oh you're being edgy today I huh? like you right <laughs> like just, yeah like, it is kind of one of those where like they they do seem to be very proud of themselves for doing it yeah like the, in the most recent the second most recent episode of picard that aired like when we recorded this like they have brent spiner say it and it's like 
ooh, Brett Spiner said it, you know. (laughs) They're very impressed with themselves. Yeah. I Um, I think that's kind of like a Paramount Plus slash CBS All Access thing, because the other show I watch on there, like, loves their F-bombs. So... (laughs) Yeah. Which is ironic because I started watching that show because one summer they showed the first season on regular CBS, and so they had to actually, like, uh, go back yeah, like, and remove yeah, them, yeah. and it was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's a, kind of the same thing, right? Because the, the show you're talking about is The Good Fight, right? Yeah, which is like based on another a network TV exactly. show that you could have never said the f word on it. Like, but they're like, ooh, well now it's The Good Wife After Dark. You know? Yeah. But here's the thing: The Good Fight is so, so much, much better, better than The Good, good wife. wife in every single regard that I'm fine with. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I don't care. Like, say, do whatever. It, it's just it's just like. Oh, yeah. I, I remember um, one of the actresses from Discovery was on the uh, the PBS, I mean, not uh, PBS, the um, NPR uh, show uh, Ask Me Another. Uh-huh. And she was talking about how, like, they would get scripts and it would be stuff like, hey, exciting news, you get to say the first F-bomb in the Star Trek universe. <laughs> so I don't think that you're off base when you say no. that, that they seem proud of it. It just yeah, makes the know. idea of Star Trek putting a warning, or sorry, of Netflix putting a warning on, say, this episode for, like, sex and fear even more yeah. iconic. <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah, so I do, I do miss that a little bit. but <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I think all the uh, all the remasters, that's part of like the streaming. That's part of the streaming like um like the plus is that they keep on every time they remaster anything, they're like they they'll put it on Paramount Plus first. Like that's again, mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself cuz I want to talk about this later, but they're they're they just announced that they're they're doing they're they're a, a long gestating like remastered Star Trek The Motion Picture is coming out, uh-huh. and that's coming to Paramount Plus first in the remastered form, and then it's going to hit theaters in uh, next or in May, and then it will. Interesting. And then it will be on Blu-ray this fall. Um, so they're going to actually uh, have it in theaters, though. That's that feels like a COVID. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody's showing new movies anyway, kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, you, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like releases if you if you. I think like, stuff's starting to come like, out in theaters again. Yeah. Yeah, I I love I love watching old movies in theaters. Like like, and the theater I go to actually they they show like one old movie a week. Like, well, yeah, like I went to see with your brother Caitlin to see The Godfather yeah. uh, uh, last week, uh, last weekend. But um, they they do that like all the time. But then there's a, there's a good amount of like re-releases and stuff. I think it's not. It, I think it's it's a little bit interesting to do it with that movie in particular because that movie is not like the most beloved uh, Star Trek movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, I I mean, I would... I don't know. It does seem like one that, like... I would maybe see the Star Trek The Motion Picture in theaters. Oh, I for just sure. Just to, like, see... To for sure, because yeah. so much of it is just the, like... Like, majestic shots of the ship. Or just, like, like, that like would the be 30 cool minutes where they're just, like, there's no dialogue and they're in, like, the nebula. Like, yeah, just, like, floating. I'm, I'm actually pretty nebula. excited to That see could it, be like, pretty cool <laughs> on a big screen, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't listen to this part, Dad. I, I kind of do. Like, part of me is like, maybe I should try drugs for the first time in my life and, <laughs> and, 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 and go watch this movie. And go so watch the and... picture in theater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely in a state where it's legal. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, the the uh, yeah. So, the, but that's that's part of it. They're, I think they're all they want all of those to be like the top quality. So, and, and maybe yeah. you know, this could actually be like our best hope at finally getting like DS Nine and Voyager remastered. Is like is is that like they can turn it into to cash on on Paramount Plus? Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. an inducement for them. But yeah. Anyway, um, which would actually be very cool. Like. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's a little cool jarring watching this remastered because it just makes it so obvious how like old-timey 1960s everything is. <laughs> yeah. But well, we, yeah, we've talked about that on the show too, but like it's just really hard to remaster those two shows I just said because like they shot on like low-quality digital film and then they 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 uh unlike um <laughs> Unlike this show uh, and TNG, where they mostly still use models for all of like the effect shots, they although they didn't they for their new for the new effect shots for the remastered version of the show they didn't use the original models. But like when they but like when they remastered TNG, it was easier because they shot it on film and they used models for everything. Um, whereas in with, with DS9 and Voyager, they shot it on digital film and. They they use CG, but the CG was it's only so... done up to the level of the digital film because they were only going to make it for like the quality of how well it was going to look on the TVs at the time. And so like, right. yeah, you have to do like a lot more. You you basically have to be like remaking all of Redo the, the CG, shots, yeah, uh, right. for it to Makes sense. yeah. So that which is that's that's why it's not that's why they haven't done it already. Because like otherwise it's like it, it's it does not make sense why there is Enterprise on Blu-ray and there's not. Uh, the other two shows. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but anyways, yeah. So the essentially the the giant plastic jewels are what help them figure out part of what's going on because their their reaction to those is just like we don't need these. Like we have replicators now. We don't need like this is such an old thing, which kind of confuses <laughs> the uh, the wizard guy. And when Kirk and Spock are talking about this later, especially what Spock figures out is that all of the kind of what they created here is they've tapped into this sort of what he calls this like racial subconscious that all humans have of kind of like folklore and myths and legends of just kind of like think apparently what all of our deepest fears are, which is dungeons cats. and black cats, cats, which is cats and, and which is black magic and castles. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what were people afraid of before castles though? Is that my question? They were always afraid of castles. Castles yeah. transcend the timeline. They, right. didn't, they didn't know. They were like, I'm really afraid of like a big exactly. stone thing. I don't know. I don't have a word for it. I don't know what, I don't yeah. know what that is, but someday it's going to show up yeah. and I'm going to be scared. Yeah. Of it. yeah. And that's why nobody goes to Disneyland. Well, it's like it's like in um, do any of you read the the Left Behind books? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's like in I actually I I've met the I've met not Tim LaHaye I've met Jerry B Jenkins. Uh, okay, the one that's actually an author. Yeah, yeah, the one who's not like completely nuts. Uh, <laughs> right. and I, I mean, I'm I'm not like defending those books or him really, but he's not he's at least not Tim LaHaye, but. Um, the, Didn't he write Gil Thorpe for a while? Oh, did he? I, I have no idea. I feel um, like he uh, he did something like that. He did some comic strip, but anyways. anyway, yeah, so, yeah. If you if you weren't sure that I had that I went to a Christian college, uh, yeah, I have <laughs> met Jerry Jenkins. Um, he spoke at one of my classes, but 
it's like in that where it's like um where like basically they posit that like uh revelations is supposed to be taken like absolutely literally and like all of the stuff that is in revelations is just like stuff that that john saw and didn't know what it was and so he just described it like oh like it like a like a, like a big bird is like a helicopter or whatever mm-hmm. you know like yeah uh, that's my that's my like fuzzy, very fuzzy recollections anyway of, i of am books. looking forward to then when we get the Ghidorah like uh seven-headed dragon that represents satan Looking forward for that when that shows up on yeah. the timeline. Well, it, it's it's because I, I I well confession I didn't read the actual books I read the Left Behind, Left Behind the Kids colon the kids I read like twelve of those and then I read like five of the adult ones and I didn't read the beginning of the adult ones because I'd already read the kids and I didn't yeah. finish the adult ones because by then I was old enough that I realized they were trash. <laughs> they were not good. Um, See, I I I started the adult like I reached that point halfway through but had such a like sort of complex of completionism at the time that was just like I don't have a choice I, I have to read all of I them. I felt bad for years because my family bought me my family who never buys me books as presents bought me the final book in the series as a present and it sat unread like I didn't have the heart to tell them I was no longer interested so it sat unread on my shelf for like 10 years. <laughs> so wait was it was it the original was it the original final one or was it the one I did later on that was just like a whole book about like them going to heaven. Like, yeah, like, they're, 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 I never read that one. Yeah, about heaven. them being in heaven. This is amazing. It's I've like, never heard of this it, series. Oh, oh, really? Oh, oh no. It is. Uh, yeah, it's, a, uh, it's like a very famous. People Christian will series. never be able to make fun of Mormon authors again after you read this series. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a very, it's a very famous, oh, like, gosh. uh, there was a bit of, uh, there's a bit of like cultural crossover. I mean, like Nicholas Cage is in, a, Cage in a made a movie. one of the movies actually not that long I ago. I mean, Kirk Cameron also made a movie. But... It was the original yeah, was like, final one, Glorious Appearing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were like these, they were like these, uh, around the turn of the, of the millennium books, mm-hmm. uh, which back when like end times, predicting was like right. really yep. really in that vogue makes sense. and yeah. that makes and they sense. actually um, hit like it mainstream about, it was about like the rapture there were a bunch of novels about like the rapture and the people who were le- who were left behind in the rapture um the rapture for uh, uh nicole do you know what the rapture is yeah i know okay. what the rapture is. i'm not tra- i'm not i'm not saying you don't <laughs> know there's also like it, it is one of those things that there, there's <laughs> yeah. multiple theories of the rapture and there's like pre-millennial post-millennial amillennial blah 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 blah, yes. blah. this was christians are really into this stuff and i feel like no one else christians will disappear their clothing will be left like literally like the leftovers but like christian and not like a weird right. yep. understandable yeah. secular thing and then this is about like the people left behind, the remnant, and like since all the true Christians are gone, like they're they're left to piece together what's happening through these videos that the Christians made before they left and other stuff. And, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just um, gonna be honest. If if continuing without being raptured allows me to meet Godzilla, I'm gonna take that chance. <laughs> I uh, I will say that I felt pretty betrayed when I realized as an adult that all this wild stuff I thought they were making up was literally just like fringe revelation predictions that actual groups of people had. And they were just co-opting them because apparently uh, one of the two authors, Tim LaHaye then, because you said you met. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like a crazy 
Yeah, he then had like a falling out with Jeremy Jenkins and so wrote his own (laughs) series that was left behind again, but more in line with his theology. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, and like a lot of it's from like an old movie from the 70s. Oh Called. man, we can't talk. We can't talk about a thief of the night. I'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, sure I don't know how so much, much of this is going to get cut. I'm but. sure you can find these books for pennies at a thrift store. <laughs> you don't need to read. You don't need to read. Uh, if you if you don't need to read the Left Behind books, but if you want to see a crazy movie like that is like so emblematic of like the majority of like the last like 40 or 50 years in the United States, like. Do watch the first Thief in the Night movie because it's oh, like uh, that's because that yeah you're right really like that's that's like kind of the original kind of like the original like Rapture Obsession movie and they made a bunch of a, a bunch of those too but like those are just like not so like it's 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 basically left behind but like in the 70s because that's when they thought it was going to happen because people have been saying you know but I I, I think we got on this thread because we were trying to imagine the. Um, quote, racial subconscious, unquote, that would make people uh, be afraid of castles before castles existed and how they they would describe them, perhaps in a way that uh, Revelation describes helicopters as large birds as told by Jeremy Jenkins and Tim LaHaye. And I don't know if this is the right place to bring this up, but I did briefly research uh, the, quote, psychological theory of racial subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not actually a very common phrase. It's more commonly thought of as, well, let me see. It's a Jungian theory. It was a Carl Jung thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like... A, well, Spock doesn't know who Jung is. Yes. So, <laughs> so like collective unconscious or like tribal memory are other terms that I saw. And uh, I basically was like, yeah, I this is kind of bunk. <laughs> yeah and it also feels like uh a bunch of white nonsense too like i think it's funny that they're like oh yes this is the collective memory this like very Sword and sorcery medieval castle western yeah, incredibly european, european yeah. medieval imagery <laughs> yeah. yeah even black cats i think are not are not universally considered to be bad luck and some cultures they're good luck so i mean honestly the cat seemed like pretty cool cat honestly yeah yeah, pretty pretty fun cat. <laughs> well, uh, you know how they keep on talking about trick or treat in this episode? Like they keep on making a yes. joke. joke. So yeah. I, I was reading about this too. Apparently, they this is the re- the reason why this is the first episode they shot, but not the first one they produced, is because they made this to coincide with Halloween. This is the only uh, oh really special. This is the only time they've ever made a holiday special in the history of Star Trek. Like, it did give me Halloween yes. vibes, so it's good to know. Hilarious. And I okay. did appreciate that they in universe made the same joke slash comment I had, which is how does Spock know about racial subconscious, but he doesn't know about trick or treating? <laughs> He's never heard of <laughs> <Yeah>. Halloween. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Especially, I feel like with his backstory, like being bicultural and bi species? Question mark. Um, yeah, he's yeah he's he's like he's yeah he. I I feel like if I were his parents and, you know, his human mom or whatever, it was his mom who was the human, right? Yeah. If I was his human mom, I would be like, hey, kid, of the five human traditions I'm going to teach you, trick-or-treating is definitely one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know I, I Vulcans are say... not doing trick-or-treating. He's not going yeah, to give say... him candy on Vulcan. Knowing what I know about Spock's upbringing <laughs> and how he really strived to be the ideal Vulcan, okay, okay, okay. it wouldn't totally surprise me if... <laughs> 
trick-or-treating is part of his suppressed racial subconscious. He's completely suppressed it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sarek seemed like he kind of shut that stuff down. Like, Sarek's not doing that. But... I mean, it's an uh, intentional omission. So, okay, I think we can can get to... Uh, we we did the voodoo. We did the voodoo doll. Um, yeah. Christmas ornament. Uh, and then the, or, yeah, uh, I think really the only other thing that happens is that then like, and I guess we did kind of talk about how Sylvia and Kirk sort of like flirt for a while, or like she kind of tells him that she wants to experience new sensations, and then he just like grabs her and starts like caressing her for a while. Yeah, very classic Kirk. Maybe. Yeah, I mean he and is then, the one to tell that really too. Weird kiss looks like he's like sucking the energy out of her. Like, <laughs> yeah, the way he's like pursed his lips. Like, yeah, but then she's still trying to get like some knowledge from him, but he's also trying to figure out like he's just trying to trick her into letting them go. Yeah. And then she, like, gets mad at him and right. sends him back to the dungeon. She figures out that he's kissing her, but there's no real feeling behind it. And she's all about trying to... And Kirk's like, look, lady, so. let me just tell you, I get hit on by hot alien <laughs> So, yeah. you know, what you're offering seems like a great offer, but in reality, it's just a Tuesday for Well, me. it was interesting to watch that bit and think not just about all the other Kirk sleeps with aliens moments. But how, like, that could be just transplanted into Enterprise, but a little racier, because Enterprise was trying to be a little racier. And then I just yeah. watched part of Bridgerton Season 2 last night, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I mean, just, it, it, there no, there's no aliens in Bridgerton, but this felt equally as awkward. <laughs> Talk about sex and fear on Netflix. Uh, but yeah so she gets mad at that point when she's like you're you're not into this you're just using me as if she's not using him i don't know (laughs) yeah and yeah she so she sends him back to the dungeon and then i keep forgetting the wizard's name but he comes because he's been watching them through this little like peephole like yeah and so he gets jealous or he just like decides that she's kind of gone too far and has gone off the deep end right and so he comes well they're supposed and to like borrow human form in order to get what they need but they're not supposed to actually like feel things so he yeah, thinks that she's, she's like, like dangerously yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah so he lets them go and then she turns into a giant cat and kind of stalks them through the castle. This this ruled. So yeah, who wants to explain to the listener like what what this was? Because I this I, I was like this is this is why you watch shows in the sixties. Like this is like as good as in like the Batman TV show when they're walking up a wall and it's just clearly them just like the cam they turn the camera turn sideways. the camera yeah. sideways. It, it, it just was so obviously that they made a miniature version of certain parts of the set and they took the same cat from earlier and just plopped <laughs> it in. And then in the human size set, they were projecting the shadow of the cat on the wall as yeah. if yeah. we don't all know that shadows are not necessarily the same size as the thing. So it was supposed to be like, the oh, there's a giant <laughs> shadow coming at us, therefore there's a giant cat. But like... Yeah. Well, and well, then they had that one scene with the cut, with the door. And then, yeah. The and cover then it, of the door, you can see like just a, a really blown out, like zoomed in image of the cat. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I love about it is that they seem really freaked out, but like the cat is always like just out of eyesight yes. from our characters. So they're like running from these 
very loud yowls just coming at them down the hallway combined with these like shadows and then you know what caitlin was saying the cuts to the cat actual size cat, cat in miniature set <laughs> yeah which like whenever they cut to the actual cat is like adorable yeah <laughs> like it's just like this happy little like it's just kind of like trotting through this these little these little miniature hallways i'm like oh <laughs> little guy. Exactly like a cat because that is what he is he's a cat but, yes like, and the cat seemed like a like, very well-trained actor which meant that the cat was not like running in torment it was like very well behaved and it was hard to be afraid no. of <laughs> Yeah. No, the cat was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. MVP. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think we can get the cat's performance names. I think this is before they did animals. <laughs> oh, they didn't credit the cat. Uh, or cats. Probably has multiple cats. That's um, the convenient thing about but, black cats. You can just, you know, don't yeah. have to worry about their markings matching. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, and so the cat kills... Yeah, he like knocks a door over. He knocks a door, she knocks a door onto... Onto Korob and kills him, and then Kirk picks up this like staff that he's been carrying around and using to do all of their tricks, which they've also like referred to a thing called the transmuter, which is like what allows them to take these forms, and so Kirk breaks it, and then well before that's he has a he has like a sword fight first with the with uh oh with Chekhov yeah yeah or him yeah him and Spock because have a fight with uh, like Scotty is holding this like big rubber mace yeah um <laughs> and Sulu does like hand to hand yeah I was kind of bummed I was like that should that fight should have been longer because Sulu is supposed to be like the the, the best fighter on the show yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that one also though I thought was like pretty well cor- like the stunts I thought were pretty good in that bit the time, they yeah. were, especially because like especially for original series yeah. level yeah. of fighting coordination it looks like not terrible and usually original series just looks like what was it's that yeah i chopped them on the neck and they're fine and they <laughs> yeah but no they like and even uh, like there were a couple shots where it, you could tell it was clearly like the actors doing it too it wasn't stuntmen yeah. like i remember there was one i think it was space seed that we were watching where there's a shot where it's so obviously like a guy in a Kirk wig and a con wig. Like, that's like, you know, at the time on like crappy TVs, they zoomed out far enough that you couldn't tell. And like, yeah. now that it is remastered, it's so clearly just like people that look nothing like them. Like they have like full facial hair. And, like, yeah. There's just, a lot of the old uh, James Bond movies that are like that too, where it's just like, like, they do that a lot. Like a lot of the time in old James Bond movies, like they'll, when, if they have one, if one of the Bond girls needs to do stunts, they'll just have a man in a wig. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, um, and so so yeah, they they beat up Scotty and Sulu and escape, and then Kirk breaks the the scepter, which makes the whole illusion disappear, and so they're just kind of back on the outside of this planet, <laughs> and that's where they see that that the two aliens were this whole time, these like tiny little like weird looking puppets. Yeah, I think they are technically yep. marionettes. Um, cause they're, yeah. they appeared yeah, to true. have had strings edited out, <laughs> but yes, they're yeah. so cute. <laughs> they're made out of blue fluff, pipe cleaners, crab pincers, and other materials, according to. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> That's great. They, uh, they need to be our thumbnail. I'm just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Oh, I, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Especially definitely. I wanted to be the cat running to the cat. major hallway. I yeah, also good, the, but yeah. well, you could yeah. you know like edit two images together. We do have technology. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the only time I've done yeah. it so far was to show like a 15 year old picture of Brady next to a picture of of uh, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, and and uh, and like I mentioned before we started recording, one of the things that I really love about the ending is when Kirk picks up the transmuter. He's like, "Look at this! I've got your transmuter. You don't want to mess with me." And the lady of aliens just like, "How did you figure out that was the transmuter?" <laughs> I, 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 I was like, I didn't even realize that we were supposed to think he didn't know. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> we all knew. No, there was a mystery there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, then they, then like the, then like the episode's over. They're, they're just kind of like, huh, weird. And then the episode. <laughs> yeah. <ends>. That. <laughs> no lesson. Well, well, I what I love too is is. It's something like like Scotty's like it was all an illusion. Then Kirk's like, no, it wasn't. Jackson still died, and then yeah. that's it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah one guy totally died. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess I will say like I totally understand why this is not your thing, Caitlin. Like, because it, it is not good. It is not like traditionally speaking good. Like it's uh, like I got a little bit annoyed actually at the end when he breaks the thing. So I was like, oh well, you just could have break, broken that the whole time, and then yeah. that would have been. You wouldn't have yeah. had a TV show. <laughs> right. But, like, to me, like, the entire charm of it is basically in the production of, of it, which it, which I did like a lot, but... Well, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I also think, like, my perception of the original series is that it is, like, more campy. It does lean into more episodes like this, and that that's what people love about it. Like, it's charming, and they're fond of it, and, like, Nicole, how you were like, oh, I remember why I got hooked on this show in the first place. <laughs> it's just like, I, as someone who was raised on Voyager, which has its own campiness, but very different campiness, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the original series definitely has, I would say, like a very different vibe to almost every other Star Trek series. And and there are like really good and thoughtful episodes of the yeah. original series yeah. that have very limited camp but for every one of those you probably have at least three really campy episodes yeah, but there's better camp ones too like i did like this but like like you could watch like a piece of the action or or trouble with tribbles well, or like things. i like think trouble with tribbles is like the only other original series episode i've watched and that one's actually great i love it <laughs> yeah. it is so it's, there's there are episodes where like star trek is legitimately trying to be funny and it accomplishes that so like the trouble of tribbles one is one like the one where everyone gets drunk and like sulu starts fighting people in the hallways the is time, excellent yeah. Yeah. and it's supposed to right. be funny yeah. but then you also have these like there's another episode where uh they go to a planet and they just meet the god apollo and apollo tries to convince them all to worship him yeah because he's lonely they fight yeah, at the end they fight Apollo, and I remember there's a part where he's like, you should worship me, I'm your god, and Kirk just goes, we already have a god, thank you, and shoots at him. <laughs> well, so. yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I, like, I was trying not to quote-unquote spoil myself on this episode, but when I was looking up which number it was so I could figure out which one to go to, uh, it was like, oh... This, uh, I saw like offhand on somewhere that it was like, oh, this is one of the scarier episodes. And then I watched it and it's clearly a cat <laughs> in a miniature hallway. And I was like, 
was that yanking my chain? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I will say, for a original series episode, it probably is one of the scarier episodes. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> it's not a scary television program. Oh. <laughs> Not. But but you know uh, I, it it wasn't necessarily a waste of my time. I just you're right, Ryan, that the middle gets like pretty like boring because it's yeah. just a lot of like talking back and forth with no real plot or like moving the plot forward. But like once we get the giant cat, it picks up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, the end of it is great. I I, I um I, it's definitely one of those things where I was like. This is you can tell like the story is I think actually weir- weirdly like one of the parts where you can definitely see its age the worst because like they could they they would do something like this the, the cat wouldn't look like that but they would do something like this in TNG but like you would have like the B plot where like Chekhov and Uhura and uh, LaSalle are trying to get out like that would go somewhere like they would they would yeah. they would do it yeah. and then that they would come in and help them at the end or something yeah. instead of this one where they they do so that at 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 one point they trap the the wizard traps the ship in a force field by putting the model inside like a resin oh. box and then they they do cut to the people on the ship and they're like well what if we like use some electric polarization and they're, they're coming up with kind of like Star Trek-y scientific things to mm-hmm. do it. And then, and then the, the wizard lets the, lets the ship back out of the box and says like, well, they were about to do it on their own anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the writing of this one is, uh, is definitely not the best. And I mean, the, the combination of, like, that part where you have the B-plot that goes nowhere, the fact that, like, it's not really clear what the aliens want or why, or are they incorporeal in some sense? Right. Well, and there's like, some, like, references to things that could be cooler, like the offhand reference to the old ones. That's what made me think of Tensoon. Mm-hmm. But then it really goes nowhere. At the end, they die. And because I know that the original series is extremely episodic, I do not believe that several episodes down the road... The old ones will come in looking for their lost marionettes. <laughs> no. No. Although, I, apparently, the, this guy, I think this guy wrote one other episode, and in the other episode he wrote, the, the people in the other episode also work for old ones. But I don't know if those are even supposed to be the same old <laughs> oh, ones. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> well, you know, this feels like a plot hole that Discovery needs to get. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> right. Explain who the old ones are. Discovery. They would do a good oh, job, they, I think. I mean, Some like, air they, they actually do whip that stuff out, like, pretty regular. Like, like in season three of Discovery, they have um, a cat. The Guardian. The like, Guardian they, of Forever, yeah. Yeah, they have the Guardian they of do Forever. Not have a, yeah, they, they have, have a, a different cat. cat. You know? <laughs> Maybe cat, it's but... the same cat. The whole, that's what... <laughs> it's an orange cat, but I know there's a cat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Star, Star Trek, I mean, even, this is even in the news, it's like, they often would just be like, even in the older shows, be like, oh, well, this happened to to this the crew this time and so sometimes it's like it did like and like <laughs> you, you kind of aren't sure if they're making it up or not like i don't know if this happened to you brady but like when uh there's because so whoopi goldberg's character uh Guinan, is in this new season of picard and there's and which is about like uh time travel and like alternate timeline and there's a scene where she doesn't remember him because it's, she's in a different timeline and then he says something to her, and then she like is like, oh, and then he's like, oh, you're experiencing, blah blah blah. It, it you told me about it once. It's an Alarian term for like 
time sickness when when you realize that something's going on with time, the timeline being wrong. And I was like, oh, I wonder what episode that's from. And I lo- and I looked it up, and it's like, no, they just made that up. <laughs> that's that, not from another episode. That happened off camera. <laughs> they're they're just right. like, oh yeah, you were you, you won't just trust us. That happened. Like <laughs> you don't need to. Do good, good job, writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, and I mean, I almost did trust them, but I was just—I wasn't like—I wasn't doubting them. I was just like, oh, I wonder what episode that happened in, and I was like, oh no, it didn't. Yeah, well, I will say it's very convenient to just have the answer be everything was created by these alien beings who do magic, but it's science. When you're trying to take notes on what was inaccurate, so all, most of my notes are. <laughs> can be thrown away. But I did end up going down a very tiny rabbit trail about hypnosis because they imply that, um, what is the woman's name? Sylvia? Sylvia. That Sylvia has hypnotized the other crew members that are down there. And uh, there's actually a pretty good SciShow episode on YouTube about hypnosis and what's real and what's not. And basically the gist of it is there are some things about hypnosis that are real. We don't really know, like what exactly is happening with hypnosis there's competing theories but some people are more suggestible than other people and like hypnosis is voluntary so like it has to do with focus and you have to be willing to like put yourself in this focus state and like go along with the hypnotizer and mm-hmm. you can't people are more suggestible but you can't necessarily make them like walk to the dungeon and unlock their friends and then fight them. Yeah. I mean, maybe Scotty and Sula were into that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, this is their excuse. To... So it's, yeah. it's not uncommon. I wanted to swing a big rubber mace at Kirk this whole time. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. If I were Scotty, I might just play along. Like, when else are you going to be able to put your boss exactly, in, in chains? In chains? Uh, so it's not uncommon for media to treat hypnosis this way, but a hypnosis is different than how it's portrayed. Yeah. Also, in the '60s, we knew significantly less about hypnosis than we do now. But yeah, I, I uh, well, yeah, I definitely commend you because I did, I did write to the two of you on Twitter before we did this episode. Uh, good luck finding anything <laughs> to talk about in this one. I, I also commend you, Caitlin, because I just didn't even <laughs> challenge accepted. Is what I thought when I saw that. Yeah. But then I no, was like, oh, uh, racial subconscious is. Carl Jung, I'm not, nope, yeah. oh, not, not reading any Jung <laughs> today. Yeah, this is not the kind of thing Brady and I would have talked about on the show uh. with, our, with just us. So. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of little things that we don't really need to talk about because like, they're not important. Like just like, like making fun of, of uh, Kirk for pronouncing telekinesis, telekinesis. <laughs> yes. Um, and yes. at one point, LaSalle says the phrase um, credits to Navy beans, which I never heard before um, that, uh, I don't know really yeah. what that means. Yeah. But so the one thing I did want to ask though, so uh, I'm curious what the three of you think of this because so I watched this in the remastered version, and I, I'm guessing probably everybody did. But so, because I watched it on the Blu-ray, I was given the option to watch it with the original graphics or the remastered graphics, and I did some research about this, and this was I guess very controversial when this happened. That they, when they remastered the show, like all of the film, they just remastered. But then, like, uh, because they were they were just rem- they only the only thing that they had to remaster was the actual episodes themselves. They didn't have um, like the the raw footage, and also and also just by virtue of like the way that the that the effect shots had to be created, like they were already kind of like crappy. Like, and so <laughs> they couldn't really like get like a, a really good uh, shine on the original. Um, the original effect shots, and so 
they CG'd them. Like they they made them out of out of CG. So like the, I think oh, the version really? that the three the three of you watched, that's a CG recreation of like original Enterprise ship. Hmm. And they also like redid the planet and like there's other things like that where they basically all of like the effect shots like in space and stuff they redid. That that's also like I I have seen some of but the they left the time. cat like a hundred percent real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's not really you can't totally touch the totally cats. practical. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's not really like an effect shot in the same way. You know, like that that is like a real image that they. That's not a composited thing. That's just mm-hmm. they, they they put a they put a cat in a small hallway and then let him go. But, uh, <laughs> so you can't improve on the cat in a small hallway. I, I mean, I would have been legit mad if if, if they had gotten rid of it. <laughs> it's just suddenly, like a large CG cat shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, or yeah, or imagine if they had CG'd the the marionettes at the end. Like that would have been terrible. Oh um, gosh, no, that no, would have ruined it. Um, you can't do that. But I was wondering, like, what. What you all thought of that, especially, I think, Brady, I, I, I know, like, we've talked so much about, like, the Star Wars movies and the special editions and stuff. Like, what is your thoughts on, like, altering any media, like, not just Star Trek, but, like, any media in that way? Because, like, that's, I'm, I'm curious to watch the new, the remastered um, Star Trek motion picture, but, like, I've seen some of, like, the side-by-side comparisons, and it's, like, they're, like, redoing, like, a lot of the effect shots where it's not going to really look the same as it did before. Like, and I'm, and I'm like, I don't know, like, like, especially with a movie like that, where it's like so much of that movie in particular is like just visuals. Like there are yeah. like 30 minute stretches of that movie where there's no talking. Like the, like, like it, it seems kind of weird to me. Like, I understand you want to make what you have look nicer, but like, are you making something that is functionally like not the same thing as the thing you were making, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I guess I don't think I'm such a purist that I am opposed to them redoing visuals and in a way that is trying to further maybe the original purpose. Because I do think, yeah. like, based on the limitations of the time, then watching that as a modern viewer, it can be jarring and distracting. So, for example, this is a much smaller gap in time. But I tried to watch Babylon 5 about 10 years ago, and I could not get through more than like one or two episodes because it's like early 90s CG, and it's so jarringly bad that even though nobody watches Babylon 5 for the CG, that's not the point of the show, that's not the point of the series, I couldn't watch it because it just was too distracting to me as a modern viewer. So I think if the idea is like... We know that if they had current technology in the 60s, they would have made this better. Like, that doesn't bother me personally. But then when I was thinking about what you're saying, like, I think if somebody redid the last 30 minutes of 2001 A Space Odyssey, I would probably be kind of offended. So I don't know. Like, it depends a little bit. And it's funny, too, because to some extent there, it's like, well, what's the intent of, like, the director or the creative minds behind it? Well, George Lucas, like... The only way he stopped messing with his Star Wars properties was by selling it to Disney. Like, if that man still had control, he would continue tweaking it. And so there's, like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, I don't know, it's, I think, like, within CG, CG's tougher one because, like, early CG did look like so, like, CG as a technology has advanced so far that, like, bad CG looks so bad now. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of practical stuff, like, still doesn't doesn't look like what CG would look like, right. but has kind of its own, like, look and almost like charm because it of that. It kind of has its own charm to it, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, even when, like, the practical effects are bad, as they are with the cat <laughs> in the tiny hallways, like, it's, it, it feels like it's so tied into how media was made and presented in that time period, that if you were to go back and remake it, you would be fundamentally changing the media, whereas, yeah. like, if you're going back and remastering CGI to look better, the intent was to make CGI, and they just had crappy... Yeah. CGI effects, yeah. but it doesn't really feel like it's tied to that era of, of filmmaking or TV making in the same way that practical effects yeah. were. And, yeah. I, yeah. I, but, I and also I feel like... About that, like yeah. Go on, sorry, Brady. Well, just that, like, especially with, with things like, like the ships and that, because they're all like miniatures and like models and like actually exist, but it seems like you should be able to because it's like because the practical ships are like an actual thing being filmed, you should be able to just like remaster the film and it would just be like a better looking picture of like, because it, you're shooting a real thing anyways, it would just look better and more real, but maybe it just makes it look more like a toy. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, 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 I mean, cause I, I actually, I did watch it with the original, I watched it with the original effects and I get why they did it because, because like, it's just really grainy. It's, it's like, it's like the thing that George yeah. Lucas, I, I, I think, I still convinced, like, is basically lying about, like, the idea that, like, you keep, he can't find, like, good versions of the original movies, and so, like, you'll, he'll never, that's why he never released, like, the, the original, like, a remastered original, original version of the, of the original trilogy. Like, it, it, it's like, it is, it's, it's, it's pretty grainy and, like, just, like, spotty and stuff. And so it's like, yeah, I, I understand that, but, like, yeah, like it feels it feels more weird to me too because because they did they did keep most of the rest of the stuff intact. The cat's still there, and like the the are the still there, and like terribly fake plastic jewels are still there, and yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hard one. Like on the one hand, you know, the the model of the Enterprise is so iconic, mm -hmm. but on the other hand, I feel like what's more iconic is like the interior sets of it yeah than like seeing those exterior like those exterior shots are mostly just establishing shots but they aren't where most of the action takes place so like maybe if they were doing a space battle and they changed everything with cgi like i would feel more cheated because i would like to see the silly practical effects there but for just like an establishing shot of them flying through space I, right. It also I, sounds like they sort of split the difference by giving you the option with the Blu-rays to pick what you want. So if you are a purist, you can see the original. Yeah. Yeah, I I am I I think the next time I watch one of these, I'll watch it with the enhanced CG and see like what I think. Yeah. I I think I I agree. I think it is it's I think it's mostly fine in this one. I think like when when you start to change like significant elements where it's like you're not just like using it to recreate the same shots, but you're changing the shots. Which it, which it does look a little bit like they're doing that a little bit with some of the motion picture stuff. That's when I started to get more iffy. Like it's like if they, because it, yeah, it's like if like they at what point do, do you become the Lion King? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like I said, I'm pretty sure that they changed the uh, the opening credit sequence because like Kirk, at least in the version that I saw in Paramount Plus, like Kirk was not very yeah. Me too. I was trying to figure out if that was a Paramount Plus thing or just like something with mine because yeah, yeah and, like you couldn't and, like, hear his these voice at all doing the worst over yeah 
And they also had these like super cheesy whooshing noises whenever they showed the ship. And I'm almost positive that was no. Like, I think that's always been there. It, I think that's always been there. I could be wrong. It, if they had it, it wasn't like. I don't know, maybe it's just the combination of, like, having a nice-looking CG ship, and then you have this very cartoonish <laughs> whoosh, which you don't care about when you have, like, the silly little model. But, like, they did change the credit sequence, and that was the one part where I was like, okay, I don't understand why you did this, and I am a little offended. I'm wondering if it's a Paramount Plus thing, because I didn't really notice that. And I actually was reading about, because I was reading about what they changed in the remaster, and they actually said that they they got they got they they found like a clean edit of him like they found like a basically a, 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 an isolated ed, uh, version of him saying that that was actually more clean. So I wonder if that was like a hmm. weird streaming issue for that potentially. But huh. yeah, maybe there's some. But yeah, yeah, because that happened for me I'm too. I'm glad it wasn't like, just yeah. me. No, I was wondering if it, I was. I kept like trying to like change my <laughs> volume or like check my settings or something because like. Do like one of is it like supposed to be in stereo and one of my speakers didn't work because yeah you couldn't hear Kirk at it's, all you could barely it was like really faint and echoey it was super weird <laughs> and like that beginning part of Star Trek is so iconic in the, yeah. the credit sequence I don't know why you would touch that well they they um one thing they did change about the opening is that they I didn't I I just learned this is that they got a new singer to do the oh. It did really? sound different. Yeah. yeah, it did sound a little bit different. I was wondering a little bit about that, mm-hmm. but I, I think I was just more distracted by the super echoey, quiet Kirk doing like this five-year mission. Yeah, to explore space. Yeah, stage in the world. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I guess I'm, I'm not like coming down on one side of it or the other. I just, I just, it made me like consider like what is okay to do. You know, you're talking about Space Odyssey. I, I watched that actually for the first time not that long ago. Do you get to see it at a theater? I saw it at the yeah, theater, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, because 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 Christopher Nolan basically like sponsored this this like remastered version of it, and yeah, I, I think yeah, it's like that movie. I think if people like tried to change the effects shot on it, people would be like, "What are you doing?" You know. <laughs> but I I think like one of the differences is that like that movie also is like a much better film quality than the original series and also well, of Star Trek the Motion that's Picture. That's what I was going to say too. Is you know, it, well, it's in, it'll be interesting to see with Star Trek the Motion Picture because. My assumption is that the Star Trek the motion picture, they have better quality film stock originals, whatever they have to remaster yeah. to work with, because the early days of television is like the wild, wild west and how they were preserving things. Were they preserving at all? Like there's a bunch of TV that we just didn't save at all because it was just broadcast live. There's a bunch of stuff that was broadcast yeah. live and we only have it because they taped it so they could send it to the West Coast. Like... Yeah. And it was slightly different by the 60s, but, like, not that much. So I would be surprised if yeah. they had, like, when you said, oh, they didn't have the original raw footage, all they had was the cut for the episode, that doesn't surprise me at all. Whereas for the movie, yeah. they might have a little bit more. So it's interesting that they made the choice to change so much, potentially, of the movie. And then, yeah, 2001, you know they have, like, a really good archival copy of that somewhere, so. Yeah. Yep. Any other any other uh, notes from anybody? Thanks All right, yeah, nothing from me. Well, this was fun. Uh, actually, before I, before we we do the the closer, uh, should we promote your show? <laughs> yeah, our long term hiatus show. <laughs> since, since I've been overwhelmed and Is... Caitlin has decided <laughs> that she's done with editing. <laughs> uh, do I have one in the bucket? I could probably edit one. <laughs> well. 
Now, that, well, okay, here's the problem. Our next episode is a Lost in Space episode. And part of the reason that it's, it's like, low motivation to edit is I hate that show so much. <laughs> it's bad, and bad show. It's not fun talking about Send it. Send me the audio again. It, is, it has been so long that I actually forgot how much I hated The Flash, and I might be persuaded into watching more of The Flash. <laughs> I guarantee The Flash. At least second season Why don't you watch a good show? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> one of the challenges is it actually is hard to find a show that has different bad science every week. And The Flash is surprisingly yeah. good at it. Flash is really good at, <laughs> at making up fresh yeah. knowledge. I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could also be good at it, but we have to go through the bad first season to get to the better later seasons. So, What about, um, did you ever watch uh, Fringe? We have not watched Fringe. We have not watched Fringe, but I think part of the problem with Fringe is that, like, by definition, it's about Fringe science, which is not really science yeah yeah but i mean like they i mean i've seen that show a couple times and it's it's not like the best show ever but like it, it's 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 good oh no it's it's definitely higher oh, yeah. quality than the yeah. trash we've been i mean watching. but that's that's not yeah, what yeah. i'm arguing but at all. <laughs> they usually they usually like try to I, I feel like you could make a meal out of it like they they try to explain they try to most of the stuff they try to explain it they try to be like Oh well, because this is a real thing. So what if this fake thing was real? Like, like <laughs> I so I think you could like get into at least like. Yeah. like I will say the like, the one good thing is yeah. once we get this episode edited and posted, we're done with Lost in Space forever. I never I'm have to watch Lost that show again. again. Yeah, we we are never it's, watching another. It is episode. so frustrating because clearly a ton of money was poured into this show. There's beautiful effects. And the show just yeah. sucks. Like, it's so yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would hate it, especially, I think, Ryan, because every episode needs at least 20 minutes cut. Like, it's, the writing is oh, bad. I'm murderous about, like, the, anything, anything that needs to be... Like, you, there's, so much, there's so many things now where you like, just make it a half hour shorter, yeah. you know? <laughs> especially Netflix stuff. Netflix, it's, like, all algorithmic. Yes. And so it's like, oh, this movie should be two hours in it. Or it should be an hour and a half and it's two hours or whatever, yeah. you know. So, but, yeah. but yeah, if you would like to hear us talking about bad science in television and movies and occasionally good science that we reward ourselves with in between the bad science. We have, I think, two episodes where we were like, this is good enough to get yeah. them. And also sometimes it's bad science, but it's still enjoyable, like Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do Godzilla versus King. Did we not? I well, thought we did. No, we haven't yeah. done that one yet. Well, I, I think you guys haven't released the episode that we were on last yet. So, <laughs> oh really? Um, okay, Nicole. Yeah. So I have three episodes that we've recorded that I just haven't edited because I send some audio my... back my way. Send me the Lost in Space one, and I'll take that off your plate. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So if you guys start releasing them again, then you, I would say also like listen to us from last <laughs> right. year. Yes. On their feet. So. <laughs> yes. Listen, listen. I mean, you want to talk about timeline shenanigans? Uh, yeah. Listen yeah. to past Ryan. <laughs> yep, yep, That's right. Exactly. But thanks for having well, us on. Like, yeah. yeah. No, thank well, you guys so much for coming. It's, it's always super fun when you guys come. Well, yeah. Thank you everybody for for listening. Uh, if you like this show, you can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's that's not a science verse we were just talking about, which is a science and pop culture podcast. 
And there's uh, Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. And there's Wizard Studies, which is a uh, Harry Potter podcast. Uh, for us, we come out every other week. You can visit our website at oddcontracts.podbean.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at oddcontracts at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. Uh, and uh, you can come back in a couple weeks to uh, listen to our next episode, which we are doing. We're doing yet another Enterprise episode. Uh, I don't know when this madness will end, but we have had a disproportionate number of Enterprise episodes yet, uh, that we've been doing lately. What? So this episode is called Proving Ground. It is Enterprise Season 3, Episode 13. So uh, come back in a couple weeks, and we'll be talking about that. Uh, in the meantime, thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.